Well, welcome to the Mission Driven You podcast. I'm so thankful that you decided to join today. My name is Will Sampson. I'm a change coach and I'm a social scientist. I help guide mission-driven entrepreneurs and executives to do well and to do good in the world. And so I'm so excited you joined today. I, I am bringing you Patricia Lindner. Patricia is a coach. She works with passionate individuals that are trying to tap into their energy and to leave the world a better place. So it was a nice, beautiful, sprawling conversation. We talked about energy. We talked about intuition and integrity. And what Patricia did really well was unpack for us this idea of how we can live above the limits of our own brain to imagine what's possible in the world. So thank you for joining us and let's go ahead and get started. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. And today I am excited to bring to you Patricia Lindner. And Patricia Linder is a, she's a human archaeologist. She's an international best-selling author. She helps multi-passionate women, creative women rather, dig deeper into their wholeness. So Patricia, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for the introduction and for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. This should be fun. So we focus a lot on interdependence and kind of how we help each other succeed. So I always like to start with one question, which is, as you look back on your story, your journey here on this planet, can you think of someone or some group that made the difference for you? When you look back, you're like, oh, yeah, they were that was a really important person in my life. Who would that person be? Yeah, so this is a very interesting question because several people come to my mind. But I want to talk about the person that I first had on my mind. And that is so interesting because I wouldn't have thought that this is the person and this is my former teacher's trainer and he already passed away. So I'm really sad about that. And I would have loved it if he listened to this show because he was an amazing human being. And so I used to work as a teacher and when you start working as a teacher, you have this coach this counselor, this person that trains you in how to be an amazing teacher. And he was so different. He was someone who always questioned the rules. He was someone who motivated me to do something that was maybe totally out of the box, totally unorthodox inside the classroom. And also when it came to Patricia, what do you think about this and that? What could we do? Where could we take school to? How could we um, change the world, make an impact? And he was so unorthodox and such a dear friend and such a great mentor that he really changed my life and changed my perception of so many things and first and foremost, my perception of who I am. Oh. Love that story. Thank you for sharing that. That's why I love this question because often it's true. We're, we're carrying on with the business of our life and we don't always pause and think, Oh, who are all the people that helped get me here? And I, I love that question because people will sometimes spark. They're like, I haven't thought of that person in years or I haven't, you know, so thank you for sharing that. I love that story. Thank you. So one of the things that I love, I love the way you describe your work as really helping catapult clients into their wholeness. 
So I thought we would start with that. How does that work and what does that look like? And so this is connected to what I just talked about. I think everyone in, in the course of their lives, they give away so much of who they really am or they forgot that they forget about who they really are because we are born into a society where we just need to, to put masks on, need to pretend that we are this person, we are chasing success, we need to fulfill what society wants us to be or who society wants us to be. And so I guess if there is a mentor or someone out there that really helps you uproot and discover what is lying dormant, then this is fabulous. And that's what I do. That's when I talk about um, bringing them into their fullness or guiding them into their fullness, digging deep mm -hmm. into what they can't see. Oftentimes they have this slight idea of there is more, but they can't grab it. And I'm here to not tell them what to do, but to help them discover all of who they are and get excited and lit up by discovering their fullness and wholeness. I love that. And is part of that, you talked about your mentor, your teacher trainer, sort of being a little disruptive and asking hard questions. Is that part of it? That's part of it. And thinking outside the box, not just doing it in a linear way of, yes, let's just uh, work this certain structure. Let's follow step one, two, three, four. And this is the system that I could give to you. I don't work with systems. I just work a lot with my intuition. I work a lot with my toolbox and just apply what this person needs right here, right in this moment. And then oftentimes uh, we dig into a creative way of figuring out things or something that the body knows. Sometimes the body is a great guide. Nature is beautiful to figure out the next step and many more ways to really dig into the fullness and become whole again. I love that. And do you find that being able to listen to nature, being able to listen to the body, this is sort of an obvious question, but that doesn't come naturally to us, does it? I think it used to be naturally when we were yeah. younger. Right. <laughs> and then the fast-paced life, the job, parents, school, peer groups, they made us become someone who isn't aware of those silent, soft sounds, signs and sounds. And I think we have to relearn that. We have to slow down so that we might be able to speed up again. And um, yeah, I hope this, yeah. this sort of answered your question. I, yeah, I really appreciate that perspective, the, the sights, the sounds, being able to slow down to listen to it. I know in my own journey and certainly in the journey of the people I work with, we have this belief that we got to get moving. We got to we got to keep up with the pace. We got to post on, on social media and we got to this and we got to that. And there's a whole bunch of gattas and shoulds and just things that we've allowed ourselves to believe we have to do. But you help people find uh, to reconnect with their own internal self, right? 
Yeah, and sometimes this is something that brings up some anxiety, fearfulness, because when you are not distracted by the fast-paced world, by all the sounds, the loudness out there, and you get silent and calm, then you discover things that might not be so easy to to discover. Yeah, I think that is why people oftentimes avoid being silent. And so when I work with someone, I don't force them to be calm and silent. But this comes with discovering different aspects and different tools. And so they more and more get familiar with tuning into their bodies, tuning into their soul and heart. Yeah. And tuning into their own energy, too. That's a big yes. part of it, isn't it? Yeah, because I know you talk about energetic design, and I'd love for you to sort of unpack that idea for some people. So the people listening are often, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, and some of them are more connected to some of the spiritual elements of, of what I think you do with your clients, and, and mm-hmm. some may be more, I, even some of the people I work with are more, they come out of an engineering background, or, you know, so they're very used to sort of scientific frameworks. Talk to us about energetic. Let's just start with the idea of energetic design. What is that? Yes. So I call it the energetic blueprint because I th- so we all are 99.999% of energy. This is oftentimes it's not obvious because we feel like in this 3D reality, we are flesh and blood and thoughts and so on. But thoughts are energy. And so that's why I very much focus on this energetic aspect. And one thing that is maybe that's fantastic for someone who likes science. I work with human design. I don't know if you know yeah. about it. Tell us more. I'd love to hear more. I'm, I'm, I'm a little like I'm familiar with the term and I've read a little bit about mm-hmm. it, but it's a fascinating idea. And I'd love for you to unpack human design for us. And I need to say that um, I didn't like human design in a long time. Because I thought it is a system, it is putting someone into a box and describing them like a horoscope, I don't like that. And then it came to me again and again and again, and then I studied it. And now I need to say the way I use it. It is different from putting someone into a box and just saying you are this and that and you need to do this and that, and this is something that you can't do. So this is what it is not What it is, it is a mixture of quantum physics, of astrology, of the Kabbalah, of the chakra system, of the I Ching. And it is artfully put together and very scientifically put together to something that helps you really get a bigger picture of who you are and that doesn't categorize you but it gives you ideas on how to act, what is the best course of action when you make a decision, what could you do when it comes to yeah, picking the right job. There are so many keys that you could uh, look at when you look at the human design chart so that you can really live the fulfilled and aligned life. It can talk about health. It can talk about relationship. This is a good example as well. And so whatever someone wants to tune into, I 
really highly customize that and don't hand it to someone like this is your package, but it is something like an unfolding and process, an intuitive process of working with the design because people really feel that this is them and they get so much validation out of this. So this is one idea of working with energy. Yeah. And other than that, there are, there are several ideas sure. that I could touch upon. Sure. No, I love that. But uh, let's just start there. Like, why is it important that people live in alignment with their energetic design? So for me, it is so important because there is so, such, such a big amount of friction if you don't. And you lose so much energy that you could, you could put into the life, the vision, the mission that is really yours. And if you always initiate things and you are not someone from the energetic perspective who should initiate things, then oh, this is just a hard job and it could lead to burnout. If you are someone who is not made for doing all the hard work, all the work every day, but you are someone who is really delicate in their energy and someone who is someone who comes up with amazing ideas and you could delegate the work to people who can do the work, then you know about what is more in alignment with you and you don't burn out again. So just... Yeah, no, I, I want to I pause there because I think that's such an important idea because I've, I've kind of thought of that, what you're talking about in terms of more like well, I know how to do this and they know how to do that. And so therefore I should have them do that for me. So, but, but what you're saying, and I really love this idea is that what I get energy from, I should concentrate on. And if it's something I don't get energy on, I should have somebody else do that. Exactly. I love that idea. Exactly. And therefore, for example, I'm a manifesting generator. So this is one of the types. Yeah. And I always was told, Patricia, you start so many things. You are so multi, multi-passionate. You should focus on one single thing. And this is like, it doesn't feel right. And I always forced myself into focusing on one thing, not yeah. reading five books at a time, because then I didn't finish two of them. And then I, I felt like, okay, maybe, yeah, I'm sort of a failure because I start five books and then I only finish three or two. But yeah. knowing that my design is that I need to really burn the energy, the amount of energy that I have, and oftentimes it's volcanic, then, yeah, yeah I know this is just my way of burning energy and this is good. Yeah, isn't that a better story to tell ourselves than I didn't fit by some standard of somebody else of yeah. what successful people should be, be look like or entrepreneurs or whatever the thing. I didn't fit that standard. Therefore, I'm a failure. Isn't, isn't what you're describing so much better? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I often ask myself, who came up with X, Y, Z rule? And right. why do I need to follow that rule? Maybe there is a much better way for me to do something. Why should I follow a cookie cutter approach? Maybe I'm not made for that. And I think the best way is to really discover it internally right. so that you follow your own compass. Yeah. Vishen Lakiani, who runs Mind Valley, he has this idea that he calls 
he calls them bullshit rules or rules. And yeah, for a while, I don't have it now, but for a while in front of me was ban all the rules. I had that just sitting up in front of me because you're right. We do. We have these stories that we tell ourselves that are stories and rules and ideas composed by other people. And they just get in our way, don't they? Absolutely. And when everybody does it, then it must be right. And it must be the <laughs> way that we should live, that life is meant to be lived. Right. Just think of life is meant to be lived. Then you are the passive person right. who is lived and you don't live your life anymore. Yeah. And sometimes really smart people. I was reading the other day and I had forgotten about this, but back in the early 90s, Bill Gates, genius, founder of Microsoft, he basically said, yeah, this internet thing is not really going to take off. <laughs> and so even, even really smart people can get caught up in that same way, in that same idea of just reinforcing old ideas. And you help people tap into their unique energy design or energetic design to really know how they're supposed to live in the world. Right. And when there is a blockage or something that doesn't allow them to tap into their full potential, then there is another energetic way to really get rid of the frozen energy in their field, which sounds a bit woo-woo, but this is possible too. Absolutely. And, and in my experience, I mean, I was trained as a researcher, so I understand the importance of, of science. But in my experience as a researcher, so much of what we used to think was woo-woo is now just settled science. You know, back in the 60s or 70s when, I guess 70s, when they were doing work on positive psychology, a lot of people dismissed that and said, well, that's just woo-woo. And then, you know, all these, all these scientists finally caught up with what spiritual teachers have been telling us all along, that in fact, there's a lot of things we can't quantify in the lab but they still have, they're still really important for how we as humans can thrive in the world. Right. I yeah. absolutely agree. <laughs> I love that. So if people are listening to this and they're saying, I don't know, am I blocked? Is my energy blocked? How do you know, like if apart from speaking with you and working with you, what are some sort of signs that someone's energy is blocked? Yeah. Oftentimes there is this wish to change something, the desire but there is a lot of either fear or some sort of guilt or shame if they did it. So they better don't do it and they stay in this comfort zone of pain. Because what if? What if I changed? Uh, and maybe then everybody finds out that I'm a failure. I'm fundamentally flawed. So I better do what is my zone of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And isn't that, can't that be, it's interesting, you, you use the phrase comfort zone of pain, mm -hmm. which can seem counterintuitive, but pain, if it's what we know, can be very comfortable, can't it? Yeah, and it is oftentimes people really come to me talking about career or relationship, and oftentimes it turns out that they really have body issues, and I'm talking about myself Right. Body was a big part of my journey and still is my compass to alignment because whenever I'm out of alignment, my body shows up. Yeah. And I think it's all interconnected. Yeah, it is. So much of though, when we think about how we want to change or how we wish to be different, how we wish to show up differently in the world, 
that always starts in our head. I've often joked because my energy type and my, I'm, I use the Enneagram a lot in my work and my Enneagram is a, is a head type. And I've often joked that the journey from my head to my heart is a journey of a thousand miles. How do you help people move out of their head and into their heart? Many ways, but one that, sure. that just came to my mind when you asked the question, this is a beautiful method that I love using and it is called the vision walk method. And it's, it's, a real walk. So it is really being actively walking. After, let's say, 20 minutes of a deep meditation where you really, and even if you are a head person and you are very much in your mind and your head, then you really are able to get out of your head and be in this heart space, be in this guided space where you can find answers that don't come from your head but that are put into your way and it only takes you an hour to figure out a very important question and find the answer yeah just yeah. by this hour of doing a vision book by being in action and by um, not following what your mind tells you but what you are guided to do and yeah. Yeah, so this is one way. Another one would be a creative way of discovering your next step by getting out of your head and trusting the creative flow. So I do it with soul or body wisdom art. Okay, excellent, excellent. And I'd love to unpack some of those ideas. Maybe if you have links to some of those things we can, uh, telling people how to do that, we can put them in the show notes. Yeah, sure. I would love that. Now, one of the things you and I were talking about this before that we got on is the four eyes, which I know you've talked about before. And I'd love to, those, I was really struck by them reading through your different materials. So, you know, integrity, inspiration, intuition, impact. Tell us about those and how you use those in your work with people. So inspiration, this is the first one that I want to touch um, because you said you are a human archaeologist and I told you that whenever I work with someone, I don't tell them this is the way that life functions and you need to follow this and that rule or this and that system. I think it is all about being able to inspire someone, to give them opportunities and to make them think in possibilities. That's why I feel inspiration is such a huge thing, such an important thing for me. I want to be an inspiration for people, not someone who makes them dependent on what I say, but someone who gives them those little impulses, inspirations. And I think that's uh, true for, for all of life. So when you have kids, I think be an example, be an inspiration and not someone who who pushes kids in a certain way. And so right. that's why this I is important. Then integrity, I think this is, this is the foundation of all the work that we do and that I do. Doing things out of integrity and really, really always touching base with, is this feeling right and true to my heart? And can I serve this person in the very best way when I do X, Y, or C? So I think 
not because I want to get all the money out there, but I want to help someone. I want to help them on their next step unfold who they really are. So this is right. why integrity is important. Yeah. Then there is intuition. And I think this is part of my own journey because I was such um, a person that was always guided by their head. And I always made decisions on ah, pros and cons. Um, is this in the list or is that? So that, that was me, very big head. Right. <clears throat> so, and I learned to open up to spirituality, to trust my body, to trust my gut feeling, and to not approach things from the logic perspective. I think sometimes it is really important, but it needs to be a marriage of head and heart. Yeah. And so I think intuitive guidance is giving everyone who uses it more opportunities than what the what the thinking mind knows and what your eyes can perceive it goes beyond yeah. the logic mm -hmm. that's why this is important and the last one was impact and this is this is so obvious yeah. i want that everyone is able to make an impact in the world and i want to help them that they can really reach this point where they live their vision and their mission. And so it is for me. I think the most important thing for me is making an impact in the world. And just by guiding a couple of people, this is like a domino effect because right. they make an impact and so it reaches the world. I love that. And <clears throat> going back to the story you shared with us at the very beginning, the the teacher trainer who made an impact on you. Now you're here making an impact on the audience. Somebody listening to that is going to make an impact, you know, and really pay it forward. I often say that a lot of the people I work with outside of the podcast are people who want to do well and do good. So, you know, if you have a business that doesn't, isn't profitable, obviously you're not going to be around for long, but a lot of entrepreneurs even get into the idea of starting a company because they want to make money or something like that, which isn't bad, but it's that question of, well, what kind of world will you leave behind? And I think that's why impact is so important. Absolutely. I want to go back to integrity, though, because I, I, I love that you included that as one of your four eyes. How important is self-integrity, self-honesty, like being really honest and having integrity with ourselves? This is highly important. And that brings me back to my body and pain yeah. in the body. Because in retrospective, whenever I was not true to myself, and oftentimes I didn't um, see that I wasn't true to myself, maybe there was this slight idea that there is a no when I said a yes or vice versa. <laughs> but I think being true to yourself, even if there is fear or guilt or shame, it pays off. It pays off. So I think this should be on top of the pyramid of self-integrity. I love that you, you went back to this. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. How do you help individuals overcome, I don't know if, if the right way to say it is fear of intuition, but this is maybe another way to ask a question I asked earlier. But, but I know for myself, I have a sense of what my body's telling me something, my heart is telling me something, but... I'm afraid to trust them. Like, 
what's what does it look like to overcome that? How do you help people overcome that fear of intuition? Because it's it seems safer. It's not necessarily, but it seems safer being guided by the head and by logic. Intuition just feels scary. It does for me, and I certainly know it does for a lot of people this, listening to this podcast. So, how do you pe- how do you help people overcome that fear of intuition? Yeah, so you're right. So I talked about this vision book, which is a good example yeah. of following yeah. your inner guidance. And when people do this, they see that the outcome is fabulous, that they really can trust this guidance. So oftentimes it's a playful way. So when we don't take things so serious, then oftentimes this is a good approach to trusting your intuitive wisdom more and more and more. And if someone wants to stretch this intuitive muscle there are ways to really dig deeper into that too and discover ways of really seeing things when your eyes are closed and hearing things or knowing things even though you can't see, hear, know, smell. So there are so many ways to really playfully get in touch with that. I love that. Yeah, we are often so bounded by what we believe are the five senses that science has told us we have. I love that question or that that way of thinking about it. Now, I know you work with a lot of women and I know you describe yourself as working with multi-passionate women. I'll just ask it this way. And I know this is kind of a kind of a direct way to ask it. But is intuition a feminine thing for women? And I'm being a little bit sarcastic, obviously, but like, isn't that, isn't, look, isn't that just a feminine thing? I mean, so, especially like the engineers I work with and the, and the tech, the people in the tech space, especially the guys, the dudes, you know, like, oh, well, that's fine for, you know, the women or whatever. Tell us about maybe feminine energy or, or just a better sense of moving away from these gender stereotypes that often keep us stuck. I love this question, Will. I love Thank it. You. And just a couple of days ago, I changed that on my site as well. I changed uh, that I help women and men. And I love that now you ask this question because mainly women approach me. But I think there is the feminine and the masculine aspects in you as well as in me. And so oftentimes women had a lot of masculine energy or still have a lot of masculine energy. That's what I had just coming from the logical way, from doing and not being, from achieving and so on. And so what I found out is if you have a lot of this masculine energy, this achiever, high achiever energy, the scientific way of approaching things, then this can be a vessel for a lot of feminine energy for both men and women. And I think the more of this vessel you you have, if you are someone who comes from a scientific or, or science background, right. the more you can develop this feminine approach of receiving, trusting, being, slowing down. And then just think of that when you have both of it, like the yin-yang right. symbol then you can achieve your highest potential because then you don't exclude the one or the other. And I think this is, again, this I love this conversation because this brings us back to 
coming to your fullness, then yes. you are all of what is available for you. And there's still more and still more. And there's another possibility for you. So we should not exclude the one or the other. Just see that there is like a marriage of both of them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to take the conversation in a little bit different direction and maybe get a little more concrete. So sometimes people are listening to this and either they're entrepreneurs trying to figure out how do I know what business I'm supposed to start? Maybe they want to make a difference in the world, but they're not exactly sure how to turn that into a business. Or a lot of folks too, trying to figure out like, what's my calling in life? What am I supposed to do with my day? How do you work with people to help answer that question? Yeah. So this is something that I really love doing. So when someone says, I want to change something, but I don't know where to go. I don't know my calling. What's my purpose? What is it that I should do? I lost touch with what lights me up. Then I oftentimes offer them working on what they have buried somewhere. And maybe they, they can't touch this information. Then I walk them through a process where they dig deeper and they figure out Okay, well, yes, this is something that lights me up because there is an exercise that is just um, talking to your imagination. And with this exercise, you figure out, yes, that's really what lights me up. Or we go into the childhood. What did you enjoy when you were a six-year-old boy? What lit you up? What did you play with? Were you someone who played with other guys Or were you someone who sat in front of the computer? What really lit you up? And what I really love when people ask other people how they see them. Oh, yeah. And so this is, this is a fantastic exercise. And maybe I should, I should really share this here. Please. Yeah. That might sound really weird. I admit that is really weird. And I had a client. She said, I can't do that because other people <laughs> might might judge me. So, right. They might actually tell me what they think. <laughs> so the exercise was if you, so I just talked to you, Will, if you, Will, were a device in the household, yeah. what would that be? So what do your friends come up with oh. when they feel like you were a household device something in the household like a coffee maker yeah or a vacuum cleaner or maybe a ventilator or that's a I don't great know. question yeah and this i is, don't know this yeah is so fantastic with people yeah. you have a list of like 15 friends that send you right. an email and what is amazing is that i bet that there are at least five or six people that say the same And then you ask them, and what color does this device have? So oftentimes they said, I'm this mixer, this high-speed mixer. And they said, this is red. That was interesting. I I, I was so surprised when I did it. And the other one is, ask them what car, what brand of car would it be? And what color? And so this says a lot about how people from the external perspective see you. And this gives you another idea of who you are, how people see you and how you resonate with what they say. Yeah, I I absolutely adore that approach because 
in some of the work I do with corporations, we do something similar, but it's more like, what do you think I'm good at? Or, or how do I add to the workplace? Things like that, which is more an exercise of the head than it is of the imagination per se. It's not really a hard exercise. It's a, it's a functional, what slot does this person fit into? And I love the idea. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to borrow it. We'll put this in the show notes as well. I'm going to borrow this and ask, you know, 15 of my friends, what, what household device do you think I am? (laughs) Now I'm really curious. I want to see what the answers come back as. I love that. Well, this is great. And this has been an amazing, rich, beautiful conversation. I know that people are going to be listening to this and they're going to want to maybe reach out to you, work with you. How do they find you in the world? They find me on my website. This is the the main thing where they can find me. So, and I guess you put it in the show notes as well. I will. Because it is a bit difficult. So with the Patricia Lindner, there are two ends. And right. oftentimes people hear Linder and then right. they don't reach my site. So if you put it in the show notes, this is the first way we where will. they can reach me. They also can go to my social media channels. I'm on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn. I would this love is... to inspire your audience. Yeah, I love it. I love it. People, you should be reaching out to Patricia. And Patricia Lindner, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your insight and for the way you are making an impact in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here.